Hello and welcome back to the Hidden Things and Hidden Things, episode 22, where we're talking about hunting dragons. We are hunting dragons. We are searching through the highways of America, looking for dragons by looking at tire streaks and looking for the cast-off tire treads along the highways. A couple of fun bits about this. This is, bar none, one of the bits that more people mention than anything else, that after having read the book, they, they, when, they, when they see tires, tire marks along the road and stuff like that, they think, dragon. They think dragon tracks. And when they see tire treads, they think dragons or tire treads cast off on the side of the road. They think uh, dragon scales. That makes me unspeakably happy. I love hearing that. Fun story about this is that I got the idea for this from a book that I've never read. Someone back in college told me about this. I think it was, I am really stretching here, guys, because I really didn't read this book. But I think it was Alan Dean Foster was writing like a contemporary science fiction horror thing. I want to say it was called Into the Out of, maybe. But anyway, somebody I knew was reading it and read it like five times in a row. Like sort of out of nowhere, started talking about it one day and mentioned that in that story, there were these creatures that were sort of migrating back to Africa, maybe, or something. Or they were aliens. I'm not really sure. Anyway, there was something that was, they were, they were moving across America by moving along the highways and they looked like tire treads. So you, nobody noticed them because they look like these little black things. And then when nobody was looking, they would move. Somehow that stuck in the back of my head. Probably it wouldn't have stuck in the back of my head if I'd actually read the book, but uh, completely taken out of context, it was kind of a cool idea. And I just liked the idea of something like that, something so mundane and plain and normal, especially if you're out in the Midwest, being something spectacular and magical and wonderful, hiding in plain sight is something completely non-spectacular and non-wonderful. And then that led to the tire marks along the highway and stuff. And at that point in time, the idea just sort of came to me. And I, I love the way that it kind of takes reality and tilts it just five degrees off center and gives you something to sort of play with in your head as you're driving along on these long road trips across the country. That is where that kind of came from. And I don't have much more to say about that, but I, that was my fun little story. So I can't remember who, I don't remember who you are or what book you were reading, but thanks because uh, you kind of gave a little bit of life into this a little bit. Ficus has a creepy smile. Was it creepy this time? I don't remember if it's creepy this time. There's a lot of stuff that happens in the book. You know, the question being, it's like, how, how hard do you have to work to let his smile be creepy, but continue to be creepy throughout the story without making it be just the same words over and over again? You know, that's one of the things I've been, I tried to, I do kind of think about because there are certainly some phrases that I think some authors tend to reuse where it's like, yes, we get it. It's this, it's a red hat. And you describe it the same way to describe how unique a red hat it is every single time you get tired of reading it especially after like the third book or whatever and so i try pretty hard not to just regurgitate the same stuff but it's not just the smile it's the shrug um because that's foreshadowing there's stuff that's coming and his ridiculous feet and the reason is his hands are gloved and this stuff keeps coming back in and you want to keep laying the breadcrumbs without them being the exact same breadcrumb over and over and over again how hard do I have to work? I don't know. Everything about writing is kind of painful and putting a nice pick through your forehead. So that hard, you know, it's as hard as everything else, I guess. So why is Vicus not better at disguising himself? He's very good at disguising himself. In fact, there's actually a really good bit in here that nobody really even notices, but the cars keep driving past them. Little hot tip. If you're on a relatively unimportant secondary road in the Midwest and you're walking along the side of the highway, you will have people stop for you. They can't help it. They'll, they'll stop. You will always get people stopping for you. It doesn't matter if it's close to dusk or whatever. Uh, nobody, nobody, nobody stops and 
talks to them or sees if they're okay or if there's anything they can do to help along here. And that's Vicus. Basically, the cars just don't see them. So Vicus is actually really good at hiding himself, but it's not that his guard is down with Calliope, it's that Calliope can see him better. The tricks that he uses to not be noticed don't work on Calliope anymore because she's decided that she's going to notice these kinds of things. His whole gig is is predicated on not being noticed or being assumed to be something else other than what he is. And she knows what he is, or well, no, she doesn't, but she knows a good chunk of what he is. She sees what she expects to see, but what she expects to see is somewhat unnerving at this point. She still doesn't see him for what he really, really, really is. She certainly doesn't see him as a homeless dude walking along the side of the road or as a clown, a hobo clown or anything like that. She sees him as what we've seen him as so far. And since she sees him as that, she sees him. He has layers of glamour. The uppermost one being the one that we saw first in the book when he first showed up outside of Calliope and Josh's office. Um, where people just don't see him. They step around him and don't even think about it. They, don't even, they aren't even aware that they're stepping around him. That would be the first level. And then it keeps working its way down from there. She's about three licks from the center of the Tootsie Pop at this point. The Tootsie Pop of, of weirdness and strangeness that will burst out um, in, what, three more chapters. And now it's Dragon Time. Chapter 16, Dragon Time. <laughs> 